Well, thank you, Remy, for joining us. So global stocks have climbed to record highs, and the S&P 500 index has almost doubled off the pandemic low. Some investors fear that uh, this must be a peak. And with that background in mind, what would you advise investors? And I agree with investors, Mark, that a peak is near. But a peak doesn't necessarily mean that global stocks can't continue to do well. So in terms of what's near in terms of the peak, clearly um, the economic activity is peaking. We're moving from red-hot data to something that's more stable. And monetary policy is transitioning from crisis mode to less accommodative. So all of these things will matter. So I think for now, investors need to focus on the type of equities they own. The beta trade has been done. Now it's time to look within. In this environment, perhaps switching to more quality companies, companies that are able to continue to grow profits, companies that have a lot more operating leverage, those types of strategies should continue to do well. So from now on, we feel that equities will grind slowly higher, but the direction is still higher. Okay, well, you've named some of the places that you would like to see people put capital. Are there any others you'd like to highlight? I think one area that is a little bit still controversial, surprisingly, is Europe. You know, European equities has been a really difficult area, and I think one of the problems we've had in Europe, relative to the U.S., I mean, is that profits haven't been as competitive. So U.S. profitability has been a lot stronger. U.S. has a higher representation of tech and growth companies. We don't have a lot of that in Europe. We have a lot more financials, a lot more companies that are exposed to European growth, and we just haven't been able to compete with U.S. The market hasn't been able to compete. I think that there is... Um, reason to still be optimistic with regards to Europe. I know that there are still some uncertainty around the reopening, but in particular, if we look at the European equity market, we have a good mix at the moment. We have companies in the likes of um, Germany and France, so CAC and DAC index, that are exposed to global growth dynamics, but they're also exposed to a European consumer that will recover, in our view. There is still a recovery trade to have in Europe and profitability is in a good shape and we do have attractive liquidity conditions. So there is opportunities in Europe. So Europe shouldn't be ignored for the US just yet. Okay. So Europe is an opportunity, but where do you see the real uh, downside risks uh, outweighing the reward enough that you'd want to start to take profit? For us, it's really the fundamentals that will start to pose a constraint on our ability to be positive on equities. So what we need to what will cause the red flags? Firstly, we have to take note of what's happening with regards to bond markets. Um, the fixed income market, certainly government bonds, are telling us that growth is not that exciting. 1.3% on the US 10-year could be a concern. If this continues to deteriorate, then we just need to curb our enthusiasm. So for the time being, we are... Um, interpretation of what's happening with regards to bond market is just a little bit too optimistic in the first quarter of the year. So a lot of that coming back to reflect the fact that growth will not move towards pre 
pandemic levels as quickly as we initially expected. So we think that the fixed income market is reflecting a more sober outlook for growth in an exaggerated form. So we just need to watch that. The other thing we need to observe is how the Fed transitions with regards to moving from extreme crisis mode, how they do this tapering, what does it actually mean? So that is something we need to watch. And finally, we must continue to focus on the Delta variant. We must look at what's happening outside of Europe, particularly in parts of the emerging market world, what it really means, how the vaccine the supply of vaccines, the progression, because that is really important in order to break this link between cases and hospitalization. So there are a number of concerns that are out there that we're watching. At the moment, there are no red flags, but we do need to observe just in case they move into red flags. So for the time being, we do believe that there is still upside potential for markets. If bond yields fall too far, then that could pose a headwind. Okay, great. And one final question is on commodities. You know, we have seen some key raw material prices move to all-time highs. Are we seeing a super cycle in commodities? And if the rally continues, uh, how how would you uh, position for upside? I'd like to be optimistic by saying that the seeds, the conditions, support a super cycle in commodities. I think where we have to be careful is the time horizon of the super cycle. So typically when you have super cycles in commodities, they do last for about 10 years. So in that, if we think about that, we're at the very early stages. And as a consequence, pullbacks are very likely. So in our view, we believe that commodity prices bottomed last year. We've had a strong recovery. Um, A lot of that recovery is due to the fact that, yes, we've had a recovery from um, a crisis last year to what is um, to and we've had a recovery in prices to reflect the fact that activity is coming back. We do need to see a pullback purely based on the fact that we're discussing peak momentum around that activity. So there is a case for a little bit of a pullback. Also, we have to see a pullback to reflect the fact that we have seen a tightening in financial conditions in China, and typically that affects commodity prices. Nevertheless, we do believe that this is a pullback that will provide a very attractive entry into what we believe is phase two of the commodity cycle. In phase two, it will be more fundamentally led. Um, And what does that mean? We have some concerns around supply. We think that the last cycle where commodity prices fell drastically was because we had excess supply. Although supply is coming back very slowly right now, we do believe that we're moving to a world where supply will be in deficit um, for a number of reasons. If we take energy, I think ESG is a big theme that will limit, will create supply constraints for the energy market. And in the case of the industrial metals, actually you do need industrial metals for the innovation, for the infrastructure around ESG. And so we're likely to see excess demand, more demand than supply. So I do believe that this cycle will be driven by supply deficit within commodities. We And that will be the catalyst that will drive the next leg of the 
um, upside in commodities. So at the moment, we're in a period of indigestion that will provide attractive opportunities to re-engage for the next phase. Remy, thank you so much for joining us today. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliates. The views and opinions expressed in this material by external guest speakers are those of the author, speaker, and are not those of UBS, its subsidiaries, or affiliates. Accordingly, UBS does not accept any liability over the content of this material or any claims, losses, or damages arising from the use or reliance of all or any part thereof. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient, and is published for informational purposes only. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.